Good evening. It's good to see you here this evening. I want to tell you I appreciate your presence. I hope that you'll benefit from our study tonight as I have. We're going to be in Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 9 through 21 this evening. Um, So, my family and I just went on a trip to Disney. And uh, it was a great trip. Um, The kids did better than they've ever done. And so, you know, we thought, hey, maybe there is hope for Joseph. Uh, He's been a little bit of a... A hard one to deal with, but he did very good. Um, the weather was great. Uh, we went in the second week in, in, in February, and we kind of thought, this is going to be great, you know? Nobody's going to be there, right? Nobody, Everybody should be at school. Everybody should be working during the week, you know? I worked hard to make sure all the work was done so we could do this. And we get there, and that's just not the way it plays out. Um, <laughs> people everywhere, like busier than other times that we've gone. Uh, and, and so it really helped me to think about this text, being surrounded by so many people. Uh, it really helped me to start thinking about how I think about other people uh, and all the frustrations that were going on as, uh, you know, there's this huge crowd of people that are bottlenecking in and you get real close to people that you don't want to be close to and, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're forced to slow down and you can't make your way to the rides as you want to go. Uh, it made me think a lot about how sometimes we get these feelings of people are really a nuisance to me. <laughs> people really get in my way or people, uh, you know, are doing these things that, that annoy me and, and that are hard to deal with. And, and people are sometimes really hard for us to love. And, and it's hard for us to look out with the perspective of love toward other people. But uh, what we read in Romans chapter 12, verse 9, he says, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Paul's been talking in Romans 12 about the transformed life. Uh, He's been talking about uh, how we are supposed to have, after receiving the mercy of God, become a different kind of person. A person who is a living sacrifice for God. A person who is transformed, not conformed to the world, but transformed by the renewing of our minds and the way that we think about ourselves. He, He said last time we don't think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. Uh, but we, we think with sober judgment. And now he's going to transition in this text to talk about thinking about other people. And I'd like to notice what he starts out with is, let love be genuine. This is kind of the, the basis for everything else that he says in verses 9 through 21. So as we study through this, we're going to be trying to see how this all ties together to this idea of love. And I think we'll see that it's It all fits in together with let love be genuine. Uh, But what does he mean when he says genuine? A genuine love is, it's not just that you're supposed to love each other, right? I mean, we we hear the command, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. But here, here Paul qualifies what love is supposed to be in that he says it's supposed to be a genuine love. The idea is that it's, it's real. It's, it's not some uh, superficial kind of love, some fake kind of love. 
The CSB says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Detest what is evil. Cling to what is good. I like that, that way of looking at it. That love is supposed to be without hypocrisy. It's not just a love for show, but it's that, that it's supposed to be something that's more meaningful, that's more real uh, in, inside of us. But what does he, why does he say after that, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, or detest or hate what is evil? Cling to what is good. What is what is that about? Well, when we think about love that is fake, do we see that as being a form of evil, uh, as something that is 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 overall just selfish and self serving, uh, and not really something that is good or the promotion of a good thing, but it's really just some way to uh, demonstrate ourselves to be loving without really actually becoming loving. It's a pretending to be loving, to accomplish something for ourselves. And and so Paul starts off this list by giving us a good understanding of what genuine love is and how we must have that toward one another. Uh, We must love without hypocrisy. We must focus on uh, getting the evil out of our lives and, and clinging to that which is good. Uh, throughout the rest of this text, you're going to see kind of a barrage of commands. It's like, okay, uh, how does all this relate to love? But uh, it, I think it helps us to, to categorize these commands in the different categories that, that it seems like he's giving us. In that he's saying love is affectionate, um, love is fervent, and love is sacrificial. Okay, Affectionate, fervent, and sacrificial. I think as we as we study through this, we'll see that. So let's kind of work our way through this text and kind of see how love is genuine by being uh, affectionate, fervent, and sacrificial. And then let's think about whether we're really acting that way, uh, or whether we're putting off some kind of a, a facade of love, uh, or maybe not being as genuine as we ought to be. Okay, first of all, we see ju- uh, genuine love is affectionate. Notice uh, verse 10. Notice how he transitions. He says, Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection. So he starts out with affection and, and being affectionate with a brotherly kind of affection. The need for genuine love that abhors evil and clings to what is good is most clearly seen in this picture of a family, isn't it? Uh, we, we look at a family and we understand a little bit more about what God is saying whenever He wants us to have a genuine love for one another. The love that we feel toward our families is different than the love we feel toward any stranger that we walk out on the street with or maybe even our co-workers. And it could be that it's different from those who we attend services with and those who we call a brother in Christ. But here, Paul is encouraging us to have a, a genuine love that is affectionate toward other people. We would, we would let people, we would draw people in and, and, and have a closer relationship with them than what it is that we have typically had maybe in the past. That this is what the transformed mind, the renewed mind does. It loves someone deeper than just a surface level. Now, any of us who have been a part of a family, uh, who have had siblings, 
know that uh, there are angry outbursts that happen. And there are malicious things that are said and, and there is some selfish ambition that often goes on and mistreatment often happens in our family. How do we feel about that when that happens? Don't we abhor that? <laughs> Don't we detest that? Don't we think that needs to go away? This is awful. I don't want anything to do with this anymore. Whether it's my sin or my brother's sin or my sister's sin or my mother or father, or whoever's sin it is, I want it out of there, right? This is genuine love that abhors and detests what is evil and that clings to what is good. What we want is relationships that are kind and gentle and affectionate toward one another. What we want is the ability to uh, be open with one another and, and sincere with one another. Next, he says that genuine love is fervent. Look at the second half of verse 10 uh, and down through verse 13. He says, Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. And seek to show hospitality. Notice the transition here. It goes from the need for affection and the need for an inner feeling of of intimacy and openness with one another that's deeper than surface level to what we typically say love is, to Showing love, right? Notice how love is not is emotional. Love is more than just doing things. Love is actually feeling as well. But notice it's also doing things. <laughs> Isn't it funny how we tend to go one side or the other? We say, well, love is all about this feeling we get for somebody. Or we say, no, love is not that. Love is, is doing things for people. But really, one without the other is not love, is it? It's not really genuine love to have one without the other. Both are needed. We need, we need to have the affection toward one another, the intimacy with one another that's open and, and willing to relate on a deeper level. But also, we need to have a fervency to work with one another. Notice how he puts this. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. You have all these words that are, that are intended to, to, to spark our mind of we need to have action. Genuine love does things. It doesn't just sit around and, and speak, I love you. It gets up off the couch and it shows that I love you by seeking to meet the spiritual and the physical needs of those around us. When we look at uh, verses uh, 12 and 13, he says, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. And we're like, how is that loving toward anybody? <laughs> but you think about the spiritual needs that we have. We need people to do this kind of stuff, don't we? We need people to, to rejoice in hope around us, to be patient in tribulation around us, to be constant in prayer around us. We need the examples that, that are set forth by those who are spiritually minded that are focused on serving God faithfully. And then he says in verse 13, contribute to the needs of the saints. That's what you're doing as you're faithful to God is you are showing love to other people as well. This is an act that you do in love. Now, think about the opposite. 
Think about if you're not rejoicing in hope, you're not patient in tribulation, you're not constant in prayer. Well, that's not very loving, is it? (laughs) That's actually hurting and discouraging those around us. But we need to think about what they need to see. We need to think about what they need to keep pressing on toward the goal. And also, we need to think about their physical needs. Notice he says, and seek to show hospitality toward the saints. There's a lot of needs that everyone around us has, and we need to be willing to do what's needed. We can't just say, uh, well, I prayed for you today, and and I was a good example for you today, but I'm not going to do what you need in this particular physical area. We can't leave out physical needs. We can't leave out spiritual needs. We have to be willing to give ourselves over to the needs of those around us. And that points to the third. Love is not just emotional. Love does not just do something. Love also does things that are hard, things that are sacrificial for one another. Uh, Read with me 14 through 20. He says, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay one another evil for evil. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I want to notice as we look at this text, you see he kind of starts off saying, bless those who persecute you, and then he goes into loving your enemies in the second part. So it's kind of confusing, like how is this referring to love? But this is talking about sacrificially loving people. And it's two different groups of people who are talked about. He talks about loving our enemies, he talks about loving the lowly, and then he talks about loving our enemies again. Love our enemies is is permeated throughout this. Love those who are lowly is also intermixed with this. These are the two hardest groups for us to love. If we're honest with ourselves, it's hard. Notice all that he says here. Bless those who curse you. Well, that's hard. Weep with those who weep. Well, I mean, I can weep for my stuff. (laughs) But to be invested enough to weep with you? Hmm. That's pretty hard. Associate with the lowly. Well, what benefit do I get from that? You know, how much time do we spend thinking about what benefits us? And here we're told to pay attention to people nobody else is paying attention to. Repay no one evil for evil. Live peaceably with all. Never avenge yourselves. And give to your enemy whatever they need. Wow. Uh, (laughs) Do we see this sacrificial love that's mentioned in this text? 
That we're supposed to pay close attention to how we treat those who we don't want to love. That, that we're to have a love that's very much like God's love for us. Well, are we fulfilling this? As we, as we look at these different areas of love, is this what we're doing? Is that, are, we, are we living lives that show a genuine love? You know, we need to evaluate our brotherly affection, our fervency. We need to evaluate our willingness to sacrifice our time, to sacrifice our energy, to sacrifice our resources to serve those around us. So let's ask ourselves the questions. Are we affectionate? Are we uh, fervent? And are we sacrificial? So first of all, think about the people in this congregation. Do we consider them our brothers and sisters in Christ? And, and how does that relate to how we treat real brothers and sisters in Christ? Is it closer? Is it deeper than surface level? Uh, I think this congregation does a really pretty good job of that, honestly. I mean... Uh, one of the better places I've ever been to um, as far as that goes. But is it to the level of family, really? Like that deep level of family? Like are we really open and honest with one another like we would be toward our sibling who is uh, around us more often? You know, are we really uh, willing to share things with them that are intimate? Are we really going to run to these people when times are tough? You know, this is what the call is for us to do. To love one another with brotherly affection, with openness, intimacy, honesty, and being willing to be vulnerable. You know, you think about a family member. Who can hurt you deeper than anybody? (laughs) It's a family member. The more you open up to those who are your family, the more possible it is for them to do a lot of pain in your life, to make you suffer. Are we really willing to open that up to 80 people or 90 people or 100 people? You know, this is a, this is a difficult thing that, that He's asking us to do. He's asking us to go deeper than surface level. So it's not just that I tell you, I had a good day today. You know, and maybe I really did, or maybe I really did, you know. It's not just that, it's deeper. It's here's what's going on in my life. It's different from the world around us. You think about it, when we look at the culture around us, we see a lot of people who want nothing to do with us. And and they're okay with acting like they're friendly toward us sometimes, sometimes not. It's getting worse. They're okay with, a lot of times, acting as though they are friendly toward us. But are they really genuinely concerned? No, no, they're not. I mean, they're busy. They've got other things on their mind. They've got other things to do. They've got their own families to focus on. And they've got their own work and their own life. And they don't want to share that with anybody. They don't want to be vulnerable with anybody. But genuine love, as he points out this, it's very intimate. It's affectionate toward one another. Notice how Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, verse 29 through 30, Truly, truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left houses or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel 
who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and lands, with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. Here we have from Jesus a promise to, that, that if we leave those who are actually our families in order to serve Him faithfully, we will find a new family. This is what Jesus desi- desires for His church to be. Are we affectionate toward one another like family? Next we see the question, uh, are we fervent toward one another? Uh, Do I want to outdo you in showing love towards you? (laughs) I love this picture. It's a very fascinating way to look at things. You know, I look at uh, a brother and I think, I'm going to do better than you at loving you. (laughs) You can't love me as much as I love you. I'm going to do better than you. I mean, it's a beautiful way of looking at it. This is the way we're supposed to love each other. We're outdoing one another and willing to to initiate the work of love with one another. Now, a lot of times we might say, well, you never showed love to me. So therefore, I'm now not going to, to return the favor and show love to you. I mean, it's easy to think that way, really. But here is, is Paul saying, outdo one another. Be fervent in spirit. Don't be slothfully in zeal. And then he says something that we kind of skipped over in verse 11. Serve one another. And he says, serve the Lord. He connects the idea of serving one another with fervency and, and outdoing one another in honor and, and loving one another to the idea of serving the Lord. When we love each other and we show honor toward each other, are we serving the Lord? Yeah. This reminds me of Matthew 25 where Jesus says, "...and as much as you do it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me." You remember that parable of the sheep and the goats? He says, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. The way that we look at loving one another has to be like this. I'm loving Jesus right now. Imagine Jesus sitting in this room right now in disguise as one of us. Don't know who it is, but it's one of us here. How would you treat Jesus? What would you do for Jesus? The way that Jesus looked at it is, if you do it to the least of one of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. He wants us to contribute to the needs of those around us as though they are Him. We're serving the Lord as we serve one another. We're fulfilling the second greatest commandment. So what are your physical and spiritual needs that I can serve you in these ways? You know, we might need to think about that a little bit more. We might need to consider what... Those around us need spiritually and physically. And it's, it's easy for us to think about what we need and how maybe our needs aren't being met. 
But it's kind of difficult to consider all the needs of those around us because your needs are not my needs. We need to figure those kinds of things out. Have you ever experienced this in Christ? Have you experienced someone showing you the, the fervent love like this? I remember uh, way back whenever I was just becoming a Christian, uh, an older man actually kind of taking me in like he was my brother. And it was really hard for me at that time because my family was really struggling with accepting uh, the fact that I had become a member of the church and, and become a Christian. And, and this man kind of just was, was, was interacting with me. He was talking to me about things on a much deeper level than just, hey, how's it going? Good to see you. And that's it. It was, it was something else. There was a connection there that was more, was more intimate. And I still talk to him. And I still talk to other, other men that I have gotten into that close connection with and close relationship with. And it builds you up and it strengthens you. And there's times when we need each other, when things are hard. And we can rely on each other. Have you experienced this in Christ? And if you haven't, have you been trying to give that to anyone else? If you see that lacking, uh, is this the way we view the love that we're supposed to have, that we're supposed to love one another as ourselves in this way? And finally, is our love sacrificial? Now, in thinking about this, the two areas that are mentioned that I mentioned before is associating with the lowly and also loving our enemies and, and and treating them with the same kind of love. Well, think about associating with the lowly. Are we really choosing our friends regardless of the benefits that they can give us? <laughs> or do we select who we're going to go to to talk to after services based on who makes us feel good? And who gives us what we need? Now the way that we, we need to look at this is, who has the greatest need? And how can I serve them? And how can I help them? And how can I outdo all my other brethren in showing love? This is what it's all about. And then whenever we've, we come up against those who are evil toward us, now this one's tough. Are we willing to stop ourselves from repaying evil for evil? We talked a little bit about that this morning. I think a, a common problem that I found in myself is I don't abhor the evil. I abhor evil people. You know, it's like I see the evil that they're doing and I don't like them and I don't care for them and I don't want to be anywhere near them. But the way genuine love is described to us is we abhor what is evil. We detest, we're disgusted with the evil things that they're doing. But inside we see that is a soul that Jesus desires for us to love. He says, love your enemies, not hate your enemies. So are we able to, to live peaceably with them? Notice how he says that uh, as much as is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all. This is, our, this is our desire in Christ is to be a loving and genuinely loving person toward everybody, even the most evil around us, as much as possible. This is something that I think Christians fail at all the time because... Let's be real. It's hard. I mean, the people who are really nasty to us, 
get emotions riled up in us that we're not used to feeling. And, and if we're not around people who are evil like that and people who are mistreating us like that very often, then we don't get the opportunity to hone those skills. But we need to be aware that this is what we're called to be. This is, this is the transformed mind, the transformed way of thinking that God loved His enemy so much, He sent His Son to die for them. And He calls for us to act the same way toward our enemies. Do we have this kind of love? Do we have a genuine love that's affectionate, that's fervent, that's sacrificial? And how can we do this? Well, I think it's obvious in the text that, that we have to just stop pretending to love other people. Um, we have to stop pretending that we love them. I mean, it's, it's hypocritical to put on the face of, I love you, and not really be loving people. And, and if we are acting like, I love you, and we're not really loving them, then that's a problem. And maybe we think, well, I'd be embarrassed if I didn't at least act like I love them. Well, think about what Jesus said in Matthew 23, uh, 25 through 28. I'm, I'm going to turn there, if you want to turn there. Matthew 23, 25-28. You think about the biggest hypocrites that we see throughout Scripture. And notice their warning. Notice the big warning that Jesus gives them here. Matthew 23, 25-28. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you clean the outside of the cup and the plate... But inside, they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside also may be clean. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones." And all uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. The Pharisees were pretenders. They would act like they were your best friend and they would bring you into their home even and, and, and show some uh, aspect of love, but then turn around and stab you in the back. I mean, they were the worst of the worst as far as hypocrisy goes. But notice how Jesus tells them they need to address their situation. You need to clean what's inside. Your outside looks beautiful, but what's inside is a mess. It's a tomb of dead bones. Genuine love is internally pure. It it comes from inside. It's not just an outward showing, it's, it's an affection, it's a feeling. And it's a desire to outdo one another in showing love because of a love that's genuinely there with one another. So we can't be pretending. We can't be acting like everything's okay with me when inside I don't love anybody. <laughs> I love myself and I don't love you. That's not, that's not okay. It's, it's okay that you're not okay. But it's not okay to stay that way. You have to stop pretending that it's okay, that everything's fine, and just admit, I'm not okay. I don't love people like I should. I think we all struggle with this from time to time, and we need to admit it. 
Because the renewed mind loves genuinely from the heart with affection. And it's it's easy to see, right? The, the intimacy of opening up your lives and investing in other people is something that we can all see as we look at one another. We can tell whether the love is deeper than surface level, whether we want to admit it or not. We, we can kind of see it in some level. And we got to be careful not to judge other people because we don't know about the stuff behind the scenes. But if there's no real love there, then it's superficial and it's pretending. And we don't want to be that way. So just admit it. I, I struggle with loving people like I should. I struggle with going any deeper than surface level. I struggle with uh, opening up and investing in the lives of others and sacrificially serving those around me or pay, paying attention to those who are lowly or those who are my enemies and loving them as I should. Because this is what the transformed heart and the renewed mind are all about. Loving genuinely and fervently and sacrificially from the heart those who God puts in our life. Uh, What a blessing it is to be in a body of Christ, a body of people who do not just love superficially, who love genuinely from the heart. Uh, I think, as I said before, there's a lot of love in this congregation. There's a lot of affection. There's a lot of fervency. There's a lot of sacrifice here. Uh, But we can all grow and do better and better at this. And uh, we can be more like a family as time goes on. But it's just going to take a lot of uh, putting away the ways of the world and being com- not being conformed to the world and being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Have you received the, the grace that God offers you? Do, you? do you understand the mercy and the love that He has shown to us that's supposed to transform us, that's supposed to make us into people who are willing to sacrifice our lives over and over again. We're living sacrifices. You understand what God did that makes it to where people are crazy enough to live this way. And do you really want to make the change to do that? Uh, the benefits are out of this world. We, we have family that is unlike anything else that this world has experienced because we abhor what's evil, we love what's good, and we're wanting to build one another up to, to love and good works, to doing the best that we can do in this life to glorify God. Uh, have you put on Christ? Have you been forgiven of your sins and become a member of this family? If you haven't, we want to encourage you to do that. Please come as we stand and sing.